Welcome to Grand Fraud, the global podcast for fraud and corruption investigators, covering the latest on tech trends, best practices, case studies, and legal analysis in the world of serious fraud investigations. Welcome. My name is Paul Milata. I'm a CFE and the host of this show. The Grand Fraud is a podcast dedicated to the technical issues of interest to the fraud and corruption investigators worldwide. Due to the Russian war in Ukraine, the following two episodes are going to be an exception to this rule. On March 12th, I had the occasion to talk to a certified fraud examiner based in Ukraine. In the first of two episodes, I asked her how life has changed since the war has started and what it meant to actually cross the country in a car during the bombardment of the south, the east, and the north. In the second episode, we will talk about her expectations from the certified fraud examiner communities worldwide. Our guest today is a CFE based in Ukraine. Her name is Olga Belikova. She has more than 20 years of experience working as a CFO for the Ukrainian subsidiaries of Western companies and as a finance forensic practitioner. Olga, welcome to the Grand Fraud Podcast. Yeah, hi, Paul, and thank you for having me. These are extraordinary times, both for you, Ukraine, and all of us outside of Ukraine. Can you please tell us what you experienced in the weeks since this war has started. Yes, for sure. This uh, experience, honestly, is the worst experience in my life and the worst experience in the life of my country. This war uh, began eight years before, and we live here in Ukraine knowing that somewhere in east of Ukraine, we have some uh, captured two uh, regions in Donetsk and Lugansk. But uh, when this day come or this morning come and we wake up uh, with the message of Putin announced the war and the second message was uh, that 70 regions of Ukraine was heated with more than 30 missiles, it was really terrible. In this first day of the war, my son, he's 22, he's living alone, not with us. And the first really um, desire was to bring him to us, to be together, not to be alone. And this is probably the first step we have done on the first day. We have uh, so-called collected the whole family. We have uh, brought to us our grandma. She is 22 year old, uh, years old. And we all four, me, my husband, uh, my grandma, and my son, was really very scared. First day, we couldn't believe. We couldn't believe. And uh, some strange signs in the air, some strange louds in the air. It was for us like rain or something other, because our mind, has no experience to make some link between it is a bomb or it is a missile or they are our troops, Ukrainian troops, our air force and so on. Three days later, it was for us almost easy uh, not to run to the safe place, but to understand, oh, it is our air force. And we were proud. But the first day was a very terrible day. 
to understand the tragedy of this war, I would like to explain you from my heart, from my own experience, no, not only from newspaper, really following facts, how I accept this war. Uh, this war for me was a war first two or three days, but beginning with bombing civilian objects, beginning with bombing hospitals and other civilian uh, things, it is for me really a, a, a genocide. It is not more war, it is a terrorism. And after Russia troops have uh, captured uh, Chernobyl nuclear power uh, plant and uh, near Zaporizhia, a biggest uh, nuclear power plant in, in Europe, it is for me really a terrorism. So I have in these two weeks or 70 days, really my own uh, evolution of the war. It was a war, then it was genocide, and now for me it is really a pure terrorism. The second evolution in my head is really by reading uh, Russian news. Uh, the first goals or the first excuse and explanation of Putin was, uh, ah, okay, our goal is to uh, demilitarize, uh, demilitarization and denazification. Really two stupid words uh, because a nation is a normal to be a nation, to have a nation. And we couldn't understand this denazification word, but okay, he has used it. But later and later, this reasoning was really uh, developed into preventing uh, that Ukraine will first attack Russia, some stupid assumption. Then the third explanation was uh, that Ukraine, together with USA, has here developed nuclear weapons, including dirty bombs. This next uh, stupid explanation. But the stupidest one is two or three days ago, Russia mass media has begun to write and Putin has begun to explain, or he, uh, his officials uh, have begun to explain, how uh, Ukraine uh, has developed uh, chemical weapons for, in, uh, for in infecting uh, neighbor countries. For me, it is really evolution of some uh, stupid men and uh, beginning of the war, I really was sure that this is war of Putin, not of Russia, but really it, this is a war of one guy. But my next forces experience during this war was communication with several Russia relatives and colleagues. Happily, not all of them are um, infected with propaganda. Happily, some of them uh, have some critical thinking ability still. But the worst thing was uh, when one relative of us leaving uh, wide relative, not from uh, family Christ, uh, has called my mom and asked, "Na, uh, Russian has bombed uh, the entire Ukraine and only some parts." And my mom was, hmm, "What do you ask me? It is a stupid war." You are bombing civilian people, civilian people are killed and dying and, and so on. 
And this guy, he was really, really um, sure that we shall have a bit patience to to wait when Putin will uh, make us free from Nazis, make us free from NATO, make us free from USA. And this is for me uh, my third evolution in the mind that this is not only war of Putin. Unfortunately, yes. uh, Russia people, uh, big part of Russia people, not the entire folk, uh, of course, but a big part of Russia people uh, really wanna have this war. Really wanna have Ukraine is ruined, and Ukraine doesn't not exist more. This is really a worst experience what I have, and I'm not sure my head, my mind is able to live with these thoughts as of now. That is very hard. That is very hard to swallow. You're absolutely right. And I do remember in 2014, 2015, I was following the uh, Russian occupation of Crimea and the uh, Donetsk and Luhansk regions. And I think it was a survey commissioned by Memorial, which shocked me, claiming that the support for that occupation in Russia had reached 92%. It was a very high number. It was an extremely high number. And I always hoped that the pollsters had made another mistake or that the survey was somehow skewed. But there were signs that that decision was extremely popular in Russia. And that was 2014, 2015. And I don't know if anything has happened in Russia since then to actually reduce that type of propaganda bombarding the population. So we do have to assume that a large part of the population in Russia actually does believe these things and will support these types of uh, activities. Now, coming to your personal experience in the last couple of days, you've told me before we started this recording that you uh, moved from your hometown in, uh, in Kiev to uh, Lviv. And you also mentioned at one point that this trip was extremely long and extremely tiresome. Can you describe what you saw in the last couple of days while you traveled across Ukraine? Yes, for sure. Uh, we were in Kiev uh, two weeks of the war, uh, the two weeks. But unfortunately, uh, after my mom, he is living in Lviv, he was ill and uh, due to really our desire to be all together, the whole family, because I'm sure that something would give us power to survive and to fight. Uh, we have decided uh, to move to Lviv because our safety and be uh, to be together with uh, my mom. And we, one day, it was really a day of searching information through some volunteers, through some drivers who was uh, already uh, done this route, how to go out from Kyiv. 
recruit to choose and so on because the easiest way through Jitoma is uh, nowadays very, very dangerous because Jitoma is bombed uh, almost every day. And on the day we uh, was uh, driving uh, some city called Malin, uh, as well near Jitoma, was bombed and five people was killed with this bomb because uh, Malin is um, some place with some probably uh, strategic uh, strategical objects, and that was probably the reason. I don't know, but really, one day we we used to uh, clear which route we we will make, and uh, the safe, safest route was a bit south of Ukraine, uh, and this way uh, took us a thirty. Uh, 36 hours, including stay in, in uh, Vinnytsia. Uh, the stay in some city in between is really um, necessary because we have a so-called commandant hour. And in each region, this commandant hour duration is different. So, for example, in Kiev, uh, we have had one commandant hour for almost two days. We uh, have no right to leave our house. And it was really very terrible. And each region has a different uh, commandant hour schedule. So we shall schedule our route to commandant hours in each region. The worst part of the route was really to go out from Kiev. Because each day we see the map, each day we uh, uh, learn news uh, that uh, Russian troops uh, are trying to uh, circle Kyiv and to make a, block, a blockade. Uh, fortunately, we have good luck and we could come from Kyiv. Uh, normally, from uh, from time point of view, uh, the way from Kyiv was uh, about three hours. Uh, before war, uh, due to the jams and due to the really uh, big traffic in Kyiv, it is usual this three hour to come out from from Kiev, but here it was especially worse because we were really very scared. When we come to the first bridge, uh, it was some blog post uh, for controlling and checking documents, and it was the first so-called jam traffic jam. Uh, okay, it was all fine. We have shown our passports, we have shown uh, our, our documents and we have uh, become green light. But when we come, uh, I don't know, so a half uh, to the bridge uh, middle, uh, we saw some big buses, big empty old buses, buses across the bridge with some uh, label, uh, caution, meaning. And mm -hmm. it was really, it was shock. This 10 minutes through the bridge, it was totally scary. We were so punished, so blocked. Also, all muscles was really very blocked. Uh, the next um, tricky uh, point was uh, out, uh, outcome from Kyiv. The worst was not this traffic jam or that we shall wait almost one hour. The worst was really to observe 
parallelly a lot of uh, military technique, a lot of really weapon, of big weapon, of so big weapon I, I have never seen in my life. And a lot of buses with children, with women as, and with, with children. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, I don't know, 100 kilometers was complicated due to the war uh, conditions. We have, uh, or we, Ukraine, have decided to win, to keep out all three uh, shields. We have drived uh, through the road without knowing where we are. As it is not the road we take every day. Yes. And it was a bit scary. Then it was a bit easier because not so big, not, not so lot blog posts uh, was on the way. Tricky was points for, for diesel. Also to fill the tank, you shall stay about one till two hours and you will receive only 20 liters. Mm-hmm. And because of no idea if we have further on the way some next tank possibility, every time we mm-hmm. reached half tank, we have decided to stay one additional hour to fill at least 20 liters. Then coming to the Vinica, we decided to stay uh, through the night in, in Vinica. And it was the next challenge. We have tried almost the whole day to find the possibility to have a room, to have a hotel, to have something. We were uh, almost in the city with clear understanding. We will have this night or we will sleep in in car Mm -hmm. Uh, because we have nothing fine. And then... Happily, some colleague of my husband called to him and told her, here my colleague has fled, but the flat is not uh, okay because it's already in renovation, also with mm-hmm. some renovation tools and so on and so on. But at least you have a possibility to have some room and to stay here. And we have decided, yes, we take this possibility not to sleep in the car. Because it was dangerous as well during the commandant hour to sleep in the car. Next day was really easily because it was after Vinitsa. It was Khmelnytsky. It is western of Ukraine. And western of Ukraine, accepting this missile attacks, western of Ukraine is really uh, relatively safe. If we ignore the missiles. Yeah, and the second uh, happy thing was uh, that in Western of Ukraine, we uh, could tank uh, without staying two hours and waiting oh. our... <laughs> it is here in Western of Ukraine much more easier, much more easier. Right, and right. Ne- next experience from this um, trip is really how much happy uh, some simple thing may, uh, can make you. I mean, for example, the, uh, I'm a smoker. And for example, I couldn't have my cigarette. And when my husband brought to me a cigarette, it was really a best gift of the <laughs> life. It was really something, something uh, extraordinary. And this is really uh, some new experience in my 40 plus that so small things can make you really very happy. Yeah. And when you come here back and when I saw my mom alive and she saw us, it was the second happiness of the day and really 
Then the next happiness of the day was uh, normal to eat, uh, the possibility to cook. From food you can uh, easily buy, because in Kiev it was complicated. Also yeah. back to my experience in Kiev, in the year 2022, in the capital, capital of a country, it can take uh, four to six hours to buy food. Four to six four. hours, is that... Four, what you said four to six yes four to six hours because Oha. two or three hours you stay in line before entering the, the supermarket then you come to supermarket and first you see almost empty uh, shelves yes uh, then the second shock is uh you shall something by at least what what here is to buy yeah then you try to bring your thoughts together what you can buy and what you can cook from what is available and the second line you stay so half an hour uh, to the cash desk to pay for this And for sure, with a lot of limitation. For example, in Kiev, my last uh, shopping uh, was, uh, you may buy on the 30x, not more, mm -hmm. on the uh, two uh, kilo um, uh, of some rice or of some um, other things. Yeah. So all is limited. And in Lviv, it was really the third happiness. You come to the store, you come to the supermarket, And you see your usual food. You mm -hmm. see your usual chicken because uh, some chicken in, in Kiev was uh, not able to buy, at least in these days we were uh, in Kiev. I hope now it's better with logistic and, and so on. And this is really something what Lviv uh, made me really happy. I could uh, buy uh, usual products, usual food, and I could cook usual uh, dishes. Thanks for joining us this week on the Grand Fraud Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, nemexis.de, and subscribe to this show so you'll never miss an episode.